And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi there, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews, the show on which we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to review a film called Green Zone. And before we go any further, i got to tell you how angry I am right now. Okay, let me hear. I'm angry for a couple of reasons. Number one, why is everybody shooting films that are almost completely in the dark Mm -hmm. and telling us it's art. And number two, I am sick unto death of being preached at in the movies. This is an entertainment medium. I want to go have a good time. Even if it's a serious subject, I want to enjoy it. I want to get emotionally involved. Remember the guy who said, if you want a message, go to Western Union. Exactly. (laughs) Don't bring it into the movie theaters. Exactly. I don't think the people and the producers and the director and the writer of Green Zone got that message. (laughs) Absolutely. Green Zone is directed by Paul Greengrass, written by Brian Helgeland, two very talented Hollywood people. And it stars Matt Damon. He plays Chief Warrant Officer Ray Miller. He's in Iraq in the year 2003. Mm -hmm. And his main job is to go hunting for the weapons of mass destruction which made us attack Iraq in the first place. Correct. Now, this was not a big revelation to me, Anne. No. Why am I being lectured about it again? And why am I being lectured about it very, very loudly, very, very violently, and in a film that Mm -hmm. no shot takes more than four seconds before they cut away to another one because it's all handheld. I just hate this movie. I didn't care for it. I know that they tried to market Green Zone as an action film. They kept telling you from the directors of The Bourne Identity and United 93 and so on. They wanted to take the emphasis off the fact that this is a truly political film. So as a result, I don't know what the audience is for this film. Well, we were not warned before we walked in to see it, that it was much more political than it was action. And it's dull. That's the other thing. It was very, very boring. Silly, almost. The last 40 minutes of the film is people running up and down dark alleys in the city of Baghdad. People are getting shot. People are getting strangled. People are getting knifed. There's a helicopter overhead, and they're saying, well, the targets are running this way, and our guys are running that way. And you can't tell who's who. Mm -hmm. There is a fist fight, two people scrambling for one gun, that it's done in such short takes that you have no idea what's going on, except two people are rolling around in the dark. (laughs) Just doesn't quite work. But I think we should go back to the main plot of this movie, and that is where Matt Damon, as Miller, is supposed to find the WMD. He realizes midway in the story that there are no weapons. So he decides to go after one of the Iraqi leaders, al-Rawi, so that he can have him explain to the United States and to the world that there were no weapons of mass destruction because this is the one person he believes that we will listen to. And he finds a go-to guy, actually an Iraqi guide, Mm -hmm. who prefers being called Freddy. And this is played very, very nicely by an actor named Khalid Abdallah. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was quite charming in his role. Well, he initially tipped off Miller and his colleagues that there was a meeting going on and that these guys should investigate it so they could find out whether it was about terrorism or whether it was about the weapons of mass destruction. So they try to find out what these men are meeting about. And it's from that locale that the 
Al-Rawi character escapes. Yes. There are other good actors in this Very film. much. Certainly the Mideastern actors. Yes. Also, Brendan Gleeson, who's a wonderful actor, mm-hmm. he plays a CIA guy named Martin Brown, who is very, very much on the left side of this film. His counterpart mm-hmm. is Greg Kinnear. Well, he plays Poundstone, correct? Poundstone, right. And Poundstone is with the State Department, and we don't like him very much well, at all. Well, he's so smarmy, and he lies continually to Miller and to everybody, and he seems to be kind of a combination of many figures, but the one that comes to mind is Donald Rumsfeld. I'm sure that that's who they had in mind when they created this guy. No question, no question. So the characters are very thinly disguised real people, and let's face it, we don't really know what these real people were doing in Iraq either. I think that's one of the problems with the Iraq war being accepted by very many people in this country. And this film, which is fiction, is not going to convince anybody. Kids are not going to like it because there's too much running around and not enough real action. There is no humanity in this film whatsoever. I don't think anybody's going to like this movie. I just can't imagine anybody enjoying this. And, you know, I walked in the theater with one expectation. I left with a different one. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I would accept the different one if it were done well. But let's get down to basics. This film was not done very well. I agree. I don't think the direction was good. I think Paul Greengrass did everything he could to ramp up the action so that the politics of this film would not be so apparent. Unfortunately, there's not enough going on outside of this snazzy, snappy, and very dizzying camera work to really warrant sitting there for a couple of hours. And again, I think the movie misses because we as an audience don't want to admit that our government lied to us. It hurts us. It's so wounding a concept that I think it's difficult for people to sit there and suffer through a movie when we know that thousands and thousands of lives have been lost all because of our government lying to us. It's a really difficult premise to bring people into the theater. It just doesn't work. The Hurt Locker worked because there are no politics. There are no politics. It's a war. Yes, it's any war. And again, with all the action in that film, there was real humanity. There is no humanity in Green Zone. And there wasn't much humanity in the theater either. No, and there's no great character development either. We see Matt Damon going from a good soldier who does exactly what he's told to becoming something of a renegade, a rogue warrior towards the end, where he's determined to find the terrorists and all the people who are behind this war, and he's going to ferret them out, etc., etc. And That doesn't really, really capture my imagination. I don't think it will the audience. Right now, Green Zone, for me, gets a red light. It's too bad to give any film with green in its title anything but a green light. But I'm doggone if I'm going to do it for this film. It is also a red light. I didn't like any part of it. I felt used. I felt bored. And I walked out of that theater because of those quick cuts with a violent headache. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we've pretty much summed up that we didn't love the green zone. (laughs) All right. Two red lights from Ann Elder and myself for Green Zone. Green Zone was directed by Paul Greengrass. We'll call him Paul Redgrass. Absolutely. Written by Brian Helgeland and starring Matt Damon as Chief Warrant Officer Ray Miller. Okay. 
That wraps up our review for now. We're coming back with another one very, very shortly. I hope that Anne and I will both like it even a little bit better than we liked Green Zone. Until that time, I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into all of you guys really engaged in watching the movies. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.